0: <laughs> Come, blast off in my time machine. Third eye, feeling like an evising. Blast, blast off, blast off, blast off, blast off. Come, blast off in my time machine. Off on another wild episode of the Hyper Anomalous Esoteric Research Organization Podcast, aka Hero Paranormal. Broadcasting from just south of the old Sherman Ranch in the Uinta Basin of Utah, my name is Ryan, the Anomalous Ambassador of the Airwaves, bringing you an unbelievable episode today. We are going to delve into a couple of wild... <laughs> areas of interest. One, of course, is the highly guarded intel on the subject of organic robotoids. Now, this is something that came across my radar at the very uh, early and preliminary stages of the Las Vegas alien encounter, the event that had a family call 911 when they saw a craft land in their backyard, and two Large, eight to ten foot tall entities wandering around the backyard. One of those entities actually climbed into a front loader and tried to fire it up. When this story first came out and leaked, uh, I was talking with a lot of people with intel on the subject. Some believed it may be a situation of uh, a diversion scenario where military contractors had employed the use of reverse engineered tech they were in possession of, and they had done this to distract from the whistleblower attention that UFO whistleblowers were getting in Washington, D.C. at the same time. Keep in mind, it took 28 days for this story to leak, so that was strange, and that just the fact that the disclosure took so long, and why would it leak then? Well, Some of the people I was talking to were under the idea and had the theory that there could be something known as organic robotoids and that these entities may have been that. As this case has moved forward, I have been honest about where I sit as far as whether this was a fake case or a real situation and encounter with non-human intelligence, I believe it is a real encounter with non-human intelligence at this point, but that does not take away from the premise and the fact that I had to look into this subject of organic robotoids. And in looking into this subject, it it, it seems apparent that there is such a thing. This is wild. A Dr. Peter David Better, who is someone who has been respected for quite some time, Everything that he did until he came out with this full disclosure about these organic robotoids, everything up until that point was highly respected. He was highly respected in his field. Then he came out with a lot of detailed information about clones, synthetics, and organic robotoids. Now, the past few weeks have been wild, learning more and more things that have been hidden, not in the plain sight of the public, and it is uh, interesting, because regardless of where the case in Vegas took me, the seed was planted with these organic robotoids, and it's something I knew eventually I had to come out with an episode on. So, Dr. Peter David Better, who was he? Well, he was someone who ran for governor in 1968, in the state of West Virginia. He unfortunately lost, and he was uh, well-respected in his community. He became a member of the Draft Wallace Committee and, of course, went um, to West Virginia University, being from that area, later got his doctorate degree in law from the law school of George Washington University. He practiced law in Washington, D.C. from 1951 to 1961. The guy was no slouch. He was the general counsel for the American Gold Association, now called the Gold Prospectors Association of America. He was appointed by President John F. Kennedy as general counsel for the Export and Import Bank of the United States. He served there until 1967. And he also co-founded a mining exploration company in Zaire and represented international financial interests in South America, the Middle East, and Europe. So, intelligent man, dealt with a lot of intelligent people on a lot of different issues. Which brings us to organic robotoids. And I would like to read more about what Dr. Better had to say in this famous 1973 account. Here it is. It's letter number 46. And this was a secret, secret subject at that time. It still is. I mean, just the fact that it blew me away so many years later. This came out before two years before I was born in 1973. And the letter goes, My friends, since World War II and before, scientists the world over have been probing for the basic secrets of life itself. And in this field, as in others, progress has been much faster than the public has been led to believe. Today it's a common knowledge that heredity is governed by something called genes. Yet barely a generation ago, this relationship was only beginning to be suspected. When it was suggested in 1944 by a theoretical physicist, Erwin Schrödinger, that it was a novel idea. Beyond that, no one was too certain what genes were, aside from huge molecules or clusters of molecules. Some thought they were molecular chunks of protein. Some thought they were something else. When Schrodinger's ideas about genes were published, World War II was still raging and basic scientific research was on a back burner. And yet, barely a half a dozen years later, Researchers were zeroing in on a building block of life even more basic than genes. The solution was found to this revolutionary puzzle in April 1953 at Cambridge University in England. Scientists James Watson, Francis Crick, and Maurice Wilkins were later to share the Nobel Prize for solving the puzzle. So the guy's naming names, and he's talking about what they discovered. And that is, of course, the famous molecular structure of DNA and the double helix. He goes on, It has now been over a quarter century since that crucial discovery of the DNA double helix. And since then, research in molecular biology has not been standing, but still speeding up. In some cases, research has gone in the directions which are deliberately sheltered from publicity because of the fear of public reaction. Not so long ago, for example, universities doing research into artificial microbes found their neighbors in an ugly mood when they found out about it. Test tube babies are now a reality. And that began not long ago, in England where the mystery of DNA was first unraveled. Then of course, there are clones. That is, creatures which are reproduced by artificial means and which are exact duplicates of an original. I'm going to interject here. I recently went to the San Diego Zoo and went on a tour with a very knowledgeable host. And he was explaining how some of the animals there are clones, you know, where they only had two males left of that particular lineage and how they went about cloning the animal. And I asked him for the information on where this happened, the laboratory, he freely gave it to me. And then he said, you know, you can have this done with your dog, too, for about $5,000. You take your dog in, they take some DNA, and when your dog passes, they will create an exact replica of that animal for about $5,000. It's that simple. So it begs the question, why wouldn't, of course, publicly, you can't do this with humans, but in the private sector, in the areas of Black Projects, This is a reality. And from what I understand, you can, in fact, do it in China if you know the correct people. But moving on. Clones of all kinds of animals have been produced successfully in the laboratory. But that's not what bothers people. In the recent past, it has been claimed that human clones are also possible and that some may already be in existence. Now, these last claims about human clones have been ridiculed, denied, and suppressed by all kinds of people. The reason is that the idea of duplicate human beings impinges upon a super-secret realm of intelligence activities by both Russia and the United States, and as I mentioned, China. True clones are not involved, but something that bears a superficial resemblance to cloning is going on. And the last thing that powers that in control want for you and I and the public to believe is that this is taking place. It is taking place. We have proof. It's taking place. It's taken place for some time. And, uh, this is where the term organic Robotoid comes into play. Let's get back to clones because in Russia, as well as in the West, Research has been underway for many years in biological synthesis, which is artificial life forms. According to high intelligence, there is a stunning breakthrough, which took place in Russia some years ago. And when it comes to the Russians, they refer to this as providential discovery. Something they learned almost by accident. They discovered the key to creating what are known as organic robotoids. An organic robotoid is an artificial, robot-like creature. It looks and acts exactly like a human being, yet it's not technically human. A robotoid is alive in the biological sense, but it is an artificial life form. Robotoids respond to conventional, routine medical tests just the same way a human would. They eat, they drink, they breathe, they bleed if cut, and they can be killed. Robotoids can also think, but they can only think in the sense that a computer can think. Like any other computer, the brain of a robotoid has to be programmed for each assignment it is being given. But unlike many electronic computers, the biological computer brain of a robotoid possesses an enormous memory. As a result, robotoids can be programmed to communicate and think In such complex patterns that they act human. And where this gets completely, you know, thrown into the stratosphere, in my opinion, is this was written in 1973. We now have what's known as artificial intelligence. And this is something that would take the learning curve of these entities and they would you know, literally blast off. They would they would have an amazing learning curve in comparison with how they could act in 1973. Now, this doctor believed and had proof in 1973 that this was taking place. Someone very respected in all aspects of life until he mentioned this. People didn't like it. They didn't really like what they heard from him. And it has sort of been... Uh, swept under the rug since then do a search for organic robotoids and very little comes up in fact a lot of musical um stuff because people in the music industry have found out about it and oftentimes conspiracy theorists are artists which are in the music industry i think it's great but yeah it's hard to find real evidence in the search of organic robotoids Which brings me to something strange in more modern times, and that is the belief that some of our best athletes may in fact be organic robotoids. There is a recent documentary that came out in 2023 on Stephen Curry. It's called Underrated. And it goes into extreme detail about how this undersized basketball player at a small college became a larger-than-life NBA superstar. Now, what's interesting is when you look at this show, Underrated, an Apple original film, it is very obvious that, you know, he's smaller than the other players. He uh was quote unquote, underrated. and he had these superhuman abilities, which leads me to the next strange item, which is that of people saying he is, he is, in fact, larger than life. you know, the the documentary uh, by Apple is not, you know, shaking things up. He is, in fact, a larger-than-life NBA superstar who can do things which are humanly, apparently, impossible. As I said, a bunch of people have said it. Uh, Kevin Hart actually said it publicly, and I'm going to play a clip of that right here. People, I didn't want to tell you this, but I have no choice. All-Star Weekend in Toronto, Steph Curry, he says, Kevin, come here. He lifts up his arm. The man had mechanical shit. In his arm. Wires and shit. He's a robot. He's not real. Okay, now, it seems far-fetched. I know Kevin Hart's a comedian. He's not the only one that has come out and said this. There are other stories about Steph Curry being less than human, larger than life, and possibly robotic. Now, even if you're not a basketball fan, it becomes pretty obvious that Steph Curry can hit just about any shot and his talent far outweighs those of his teammates but it's not all gravy if you happen to be an organic robotoid and I'm not saying Steph Curry is but there are those who believe he is robotic organic robotoids are remarkable creatures but they have many drawbacks they don't grow or reproduce but must be manufactured one by one in the desired form. Now, this would be ideal for a sports athlete. If they get injured or anything else, you just build another one. They also have a very limited lifespan, measured in months or even weeks. Just enough for a certain few games. But depending on how they are utilized, this is important. Keep cloning in mind. This is due to the fact that their metabolism, while it resembles that of humans, is very inefficient. A robotoid can be manufactured on very short notice, a matter of hours. But after a few weeks or months, it suddenly begins to degenerate, physically and mentally. This is interesting, especially given some of the recent stuff that has come out about Jamie Foxx. And we'll get into that. Um, I'm not claiming anything again here, but these are some strange stories. The way Jamie Foxx can move his eyes, what recently happened, he broke down, not to mention the way that Hillary Clinton broke down. At one point, people were screaming robot. But we're going to get into that too. I'm not, I, again, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just giving examples. And uh, back to this physical degeneration. It happens physically. It happens mentally. And when that takes place, the robotoid has to be removed from service and disposed of. To the, basically, Not have it in the public eye. To extend its useful life as much as possible, a robotoid is customarily cooled down to slow its metabolism between assignments. Organic robotoids are extremely expensive, troublesome creatures to produce and utilize, and robotoid capabilities do not exceed those of human beings. However, they can be programmed to do better at certain tasks. All they can really do is simulate human beings. But, my friends, for intelligence purposes, that's all they have to do. To produce an organic robotoid is necessary um, to have a pattern. you got to have a pattern to go by to reproduce and to produce them originally. The pattern required is that of genetic code- coding taken from a few cells from the body of a human being. In this respect, the Russian technique Sounds like cloning, but the technique itself is totally unrelated to regular genuine cloning. The robotoid is produced in a matter of hours, but it is produced from simulating the human donor at his current age. Like any man-made copy of anything, a robotoid is never a perfect copy of the person. There's always small discrepancies in appearance, behavior, and these basically are seldom enough to arise any suspicion. But when looked under a fine magnifying view, it becomes obvious. Now, when the initial Russian breakthrough in robotoids took place years ago, the Rockefeller-Soviet alliance was still functioning. The Christian group, who now rule Russia, were already secretly more powerful than the Bolsheviks. But it's important to mention the final overthrow had not taken place yet. So when the robotoid breakthrough took place, they moved quickly to minimize the amount of information obtained while those Bolsheviks still retained positions of power. They also tried to prevent information about it from leaking out through intelligence channels to the CIA. Nevertheless, partial information did reach the CIA and the late four Rockefeller brothers. By early 1975, the year I was born, the Russians were known to have successfully created at least one organic robotoid in the laboratory. Meanwhile, the CIA was coordinating a feverish research effort aimed at accomplishing the same feat. Up to now, Robotoid technology in the U.S. is far behind that of Russia. The American capability in robotoids is not even close to being operational, whereas the Russians are deploying them right now. And keep in mind, this was in 1973. And the good doctor says that the most important single personality to watch is the one labeled Jimmy Carter. This is interesting because... He comes right out and says what basically many have claimed, that in positions of power, politicians are unique people who you would want to clone, make robotoids of, etc., because of the continuance of government and the perception of the people. The last thing you want is a president to be assassinated and the you know country takes a tailspin. So this, this is a very important thing to note. Now, before I go any further, I want to get into some other really interesting information, which is clones themselves. And the U.S. government had a hearing before the Subcommittee on Science, Technology, and Space on exactly this. Now, this was in May of 2001, May 2nd to be exact, And a part of this hearing that I found very interesting is right here. This bill does not ban animal cloning or cloning of DNA cells or other human embryos. It does not ban twinning. It does not ban stem cell research. The bill prohibits cloning techniques to create new human life at all stages of the process of life. Now, how would they know that you can do it at all stages of the process of life unless they had done it? But going back to the bill. This means both experimental and reproductive cloning would be illegal in the United States. Other bills allow for human cloning for experimental purposes and merely ban implantation of cloned embryos into the mother and her womb. However, Mr. Chairman... It would be virtually impossible to prevent reproductive cloning once a cloned embryo, for experimental reasons, becomes available in the lab. Now this is wild because this is you can find this online uh, doing uh, at Congress.gov. So there is some thing to the cloning and the organic robotoids. They are. Somewhat implied to be different, however, getting back to Jimmy Carter and what this good doctor says about him, he goes on to mention the voice of Jimmy Carter and his quote-unquote double, which was reproduced last month in audio letter number 45, is the voice of a robotoid. That robotoid was the one who was dazzling everyone with his vigorous new image. Only a few months ago, Carter had been limping around with what we were told were severe hemorrhoids. But now, out of the blue, here was a Carter who was a powerhouse. Hiking, fishing, and jogging 10 miles a day. He also looked and sounded younger than before. And that was the first robotoid double for Carter, which I referred to last month as Carter Number 2. Dr. Beter goes on to say, by the time I recorded audio letter number 45, there was also another Carter robotoid making the rounds. This one, Jimmy Carter III, was the one that attended the Holocaust observances in the Capitol building here in Washington. By contrast with Carter number two, number three looks noticeably older, more haggard. And as I mentioned earlier, robotoids are very good copies, but they are not perfect. No two look exactly alike. Last month, I mentioned that the doubles for Jimmy and Rosalind Carter were spending a great deal of time at the Russian embassy here in Washington instead of at the White House. Now I can tell you why. Robotoids are programmed at the embassy for each assignment. Between assignments, they simply rest there in a state of reduced metabolism. Up until now, the Russians had been keeping the robotoid capability under wraps, and there was a real question whether they would ever be used. But the Bolshevik coup convinced them the time had come to deploy the Robotoids. The Russians have already altered the course of world events in dramatic ways. Now, this is interesting that this is taking place so long ago. And to me, you know, it may have something to do with David and Nelson Rockefeller. They became aware of this technology and they definitely had the means to replicate it. There is a very unique book on the insights into organizational transition from the natural world called The Dynamics of Change by Francis Stickland. Highly recommend reading that book, and it goes into some detail about some of these robotoids, quote unquote, human robots and man machine symbiosis. For the rest of us in the modern era, this is transhumanism. This is what is at the top of the agenda of a lot of things. Agenda 201, um, we have AI in the more recent agendas, but let's get into man-machine symbiosis. It says, quote, Computers exist which can learn, remember, see, seek goals, reason, walk, sing on key, talk, be irritable, play games, grasp, adapt to an environment, and even design improvements themselves. And under the heading human robots, it says an electronic unit. I'm sorry. An, apologies. An electronic circuit that imitates two neurons, the cells of the human brain, has been built and has enabled a robot to deal with some unexpected situations. But the neuron structure was bulky. The brain has billions of neurons. Meeting an incredible miniaturization job will be necessary before. Truly human robots are developed. Those developments that were destined to lead to Russia's breakthrough in robotoid brain research began 32 years ago, in 1947. Now this is talking back in 73, so that's why 32 years prior would be 47. In that year, a Hungarian-born physicist, Dr. Dennis Gabor, conceived of a way to make three-dimensional photographs called holograms. It was revolutionary and it destined to lead to the Nobel Prize for Dr. Gabor. Last month, I revealed that Russians can manufacture organic robotoids, which are almost exact carbon copies of real human beings. This is done by a process that stimulates the genetic coding of the person to be copied. It sounds a little like cloning, but it's not. Keep in mind what I read from Congress and how this would be exempt. A clone of a human would itself be a human. But an organic robotoid is not human. It's an artificial life form, like an animal in some ways, but like a computerized machine in others. Every Russian robotoid has what is called a holographic brain. This brain duplicates essentially the entire memory of a person being copied. The key to doing this is a new technique called ultrasonic cerebral hologram. Using high frequency sound waves, which are inaudible, A complete three-dimensional picture is made of a person's brain. This is a painless, non-destructive process, and under the proper conditions, it can be done without the person even being aware of it. So, if they can do it to humans, why couldn't they do it to non-humans? We know they can do it with animals, the cloning, but why not organic robotoids of animals? And therefore, if we are going out on this limb, why not do it? Two What we know as aliens for lack of a better word. I hate the semantics because these non human intelligences can go and fall under a variety of different categories. But many claim that we have partially recovered bodies of some of these non human intelligences, and with partially recovered bodies the DNA could definitely be sequenced, and the genetic coding required could simulate their appearance, voice, fingerprints, and so on. So, is that a possibility? And is that why some were coming out and telling me, these are people with high-level high information and intelligence telling me that this could be in the Las Vegas 911 call case, that encounter that happened in the backyard, that this was a possibility? Well, they wouldn't bring that up unless it's actual science. And... That brings me to this talk of organic robotoids, facsimiles of human metabolism. Um, This particular information goes on to state that their hearts are relatively weak. They live for only a few weeks or months, depending on stress problems. And this brings me to a lot of interesting stuff that's been taking place recently. We have, uh, you know, a lot of people that have been... uh, falling suddenly, um, dying suddenly, and the like. And it really makes me wonder, what is taking place? A lot of people have blamed this on various things, blood clots, uh, possibly certain vaccinations. However, I think it's important to point out that um i mean just recently uh, Brawny james the 18-year-old son of nba superstar lebron james suffered a cardiac arrest during practice with his college team and was taken to the icu i'm not saying this case is isolated but it's interesting how some of these people are being seen drop dead and a lot of them are younger it kind of I don't want to draw a correlation, but it's hard not to. And there's there's videos of this. I mean, heck, there's a, there's a show called Died Suddenly about it. I'm not saying that this has to do with this particular type of life forms, but who knows? And I think it's also really interesting that when it comes to this cloning, uh, there's a loophole when it comes to the cloning and we all know that clones are a carbon copy of a person implanted in an embryo and fertilized, being born as a baby having a normal growth cycle. This is science, and it can be done. As I said, I can give you the, the address to the place and the lab that can do it to your dog or your cat, and the American people have in general been kept in the dark about the limits of cloning and scientific developments. Now, the known reasons people have not learned are varied. The Cold War was one of those reasons. Capitalist corporate advantage is another reason. You got to make some money at this. They call it trade secrets for a reason. Scientific pride and the ability to outstrip other researchers is another. It's an intelligence game. Everybody wants to be at the top of the heap. And for the public, their technical jargon is usually enough to prevent anybody from realizing the level of research going on. But underlying most of this cover-up, the overall, and I'll call it what it is, satanic plan is to keep people ignorant of the scientific advances because they are being used quite often to control and manipulate the world. If that sounds too crazy, take this as an example. Let's just say that a president is shot and killed. If you had a clone or a robotic organic copy of that person, this technology would maintain the continuance of government throughout this ordeal. And that is exactly what people are purporting that the cloning of humans is possible and has gone on for decades, that the elite had a dilemma. If society isn't moved forward to match their secret scientific advances, it will soon be like cavemen meeting modern day men. And don't bring transhumanism into it just yet, but it's headed there. Now, if, if this is the secrecy that is greatly contributed, toward creating while maintaining control over the masses, then it would make sense that this information I'm getting about cloning in 1993 was first publicly revealed and publicly accepted that humans could be cloned. But the truth is that it had already been done for about 30 years, in secret, of course. And this situation that happened in December 1993 where an article on cloning that i reviewed showed it was taking place and how these exact copies were being used it makes you wonder yeah this this that we know of the secret black budget programs are usually many years i've heard 60 years is the very minimum if they're dragging their feet advanced to what we have currently on certain occasions, it could be hundreds of years more advanced. So it makes you wonder, what is going on? We've we've seen the movies and the media. A great movie was Face Off with uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And we know that the FBI and CIA agents have used disguises, which brings up Speaking of CIA, a gentleman known as Simon Weisenthal. This is interesting because this comes into play when it, in dealing with these secretive black budget projects in the New World Order. One of the men who is purported to have betrayed the human race and helped with the cloning was Australian-born Simon Weisenthal. Allegedly, he was a U.S. intelligence asset and agent with a photographic memory. Some believe that was because of a scarred brainstem. We'll get into that another time. But Weisenthal seriously hunted Nazis that were not on the CIA's payroll or CIA-associated groups. And Simon under the disguise of being a great Nazi hunter, actually assisted protecting the FBI and the CIA's agents, who were Nazi criminals. Weisenthal tried to stop CBS from doing a show exposing the FBI-Nazi connection. Mossad knew all about it, and hundreds, if not thousands, of Nazi war criminals that worked for American intelligence and the FBI, many know this as Project Paperclip, were never outed. The public never knew about it. Instead, they occasionally used the information as leveraged against American intelligence. Kind of a do-as-we-say, or we let the cat out of the bag. Typical Mossad and a smart angle, to be honest. Well, this brings us to more modern day genetics. In Utah, of course, speaking of clones, the... Clone Zone of Utah and the CIA, many have heard about colossal biosciences and the ability and the laboratories looking to revive extinct species of animals. Well, one of the very first investors in colossal biosciences was Brandon Fugel. He was among the first. And uh, it, took, it takes deep pockets to get involved with this lab. You have to be an accredited investor with millions at hand. If you're not familiar with Brandon Fugel, he is a very well-known real estate tycoon in the state of Utah. With his fingers in a bunch of projects, quick Google search will tell you all you need to know about him. Very into uh, a lot of progress. But more importantly... The CIA has now become a shareholder and an investor in reviving these extinct species. So what are my thoughts? Well, are they going to be soulless beings? It's possible. Are they really going to do what they are purporting it will do? I don't think it will. I don't think that reviving the woolly mammoth will stop any kind of environmental disaster from taking place as they are alleging. But more importantly, if they're doing this, then um, they must have done this in the past, or at least the technology is there. And this is what this individual, Dr. Beter is saying that these are not conspiracy theories that people have utilized this technology in the past to create super soldiers for lack of a better word, which are in fact soulless beings with no thought for life, no thought for preserving their own life, perfect soldiers willing to die or kill others, whatever it takes, whatever they're programmed to do. We are being deceived by our world leaders, and this is been going on for quite some time, according to some, at least around 60 or more years that I'm aware of through the research I've done, and that's barely scratching the surface. Are they trying to keep us in the dark? We have come to a time in life that we have got to realize this is a spiritual battle we may be in. And if it is, we may be going against things that are not quite human in the future. And Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I don't have an opinion here or there on whether or not somebody wants to bring a woolly mammoth back, or the Tasmanian tiger, or any of these Animals which have gone extinct for good reason, most likely because they couldn't uh, they couldn't keep it up, right? They couldn't they couldn't keep up with the times. Um, I don't have a problem with that if that's what gets these people excited and they're they're all riled up about bringing something back that went extinct. I mean, what's next? The saber toothed tiger? I think those are pretty cool. The amphicylon, the quote unquote bear dog, pretty cool. It'd be great to see these in a zoo. And that's about the extent of the cloning I've seen. The genetic manipulation I've seen has been in a zoo, which is interesting, but it does bring shadows into mind. Maybe shadows that are put there by the media. You know, uh, if I remember correctly, Jurassic Park did not end well. Best of intentions. And I'm sorry for quoting anything Hollywood because I'm not a huge proponent, but even with the best of intentions, Jurassic Park didn't end too hot for those involved. Now, if the CIA is involved as a shareholder in this uh, colossal biosciences, it makes you wonder why they must know something that. Maybe the rest of the population doesn't know, or maybe they're just trying to turn a quick buck and they see ingenious investors such as Brandon Fugel and many others. The list is long. I mean, these are famous people. So if they're uh, investing and they, they, they see famous people invested in this uh, company, maybe they think, hey, this is an easy buck. And speaking of colossal biosciences, I'm just going to read you a little bit from their website to give you an idea what their mission is. de extinction It says extinction is a colossal problem facing the world, and Colossal is the company that's going to fix it. Combining the science of genetics with the business of discovery, we endeavor to jumpstart nature's ancestral heartbeat to see the woolly mammoth, Thunder upon tundra once again, to advance the economies of biology and healing through genetics, and to make humanity, get this, more human, to reawaken the lost wilds of earth so we and our planet can breathe easier. So, this is interesting because so far, this de-extinction is sort of going against You know, Darwin's law, which is survival of the fittest. And if we bring them back, I mean, we have the dodo. We have the resurrection of uh, the mammoth. We have animals that just didn't make it. They weren't obviously the smartest of the bunch. And to put these back into the wild could be rewiring a system that at least so far seems to be pretty perfect to me are we as humans playing god if we venture to do these things some would say yes some would say yes and playing god is not something not not necessarily the game i want to be involved with but human enterprise is very important making a profit is very important and when the CIA is one of the investors in this colossal undertaking you wonder if they're going to lose money at all they usually know something that others don't I mean heck they are the central intelligence agency you would hope that when it comes to investing they would have some intelligence on the investments they make And this brings me to transhumanism and of course the comment that colossal.com has on its front page of making humanity more human because transhumanist agendas typically sell humanity the human aspect in the transhumanist agenda. I'm not saying they are, but this particular line makes me wonder. And in the state of Utah, transhumanism is no stranger. In fact, there is a Mormon Transhumanist Association, the MTA. Uh, On their website, it says that the Mormon Transhumanist Association promotes abundant flourishing through the compassionate use of science and technology. We explore the intersection of science, technology, and religion. We believe that human ingenuity is essential for positive outcomes, both for us and the biosphere, that the learning that comes from this process is necessary for our exaltation, and that the religious impulse is a core part of humanity that should be leveraged for good. We meet together, hold conferences, and promote awareness of these topics, We also foster dialogue between people of diverse backgrounds. We seek to persuade secular people that religion and science are not mutually exclusive and to persuade religious people that science and technology are essential aspects of the divine. We encourage both of these audiences to engage with the world more wholeheartedly. Now, it was founded in 2006, But these ideas have been around a long time, and it brings us back to the theory of God and the machine. You know, it's a strange journey into transhumanism. And here's a quote from the book, The Age of Spiritual Machines. The 21st century will be different. The human species, along with the computational technology it created, will be able to solve age-old problems and will be in a position to change the nature of mortality in a post-biological future. Now, I start getting a little worried when I hear post-biological in the same word. And that might be because some of these conspiracy theories have turned into conspiracy facts over time. The use of preservatives in food and many of the things that Big Pharma has said is completely safe for us has shown over time to be absolutely the opposite when it comes to function. There's a reason everybody wants organic now. Genetically modified organisms have not done well inside the human body. And, you know, many of the problems with the modern food supply have to do with this quote-unquote science that was sold to us as being a positive thing. You know... It was very obviously, you know, trust the science. What do farmers know? You got to trust the science. Get the GMO seeds. Get the GMO corn. The big food companies like Monsanto and DuPont know better. They've done the studies. They've paid the scientists. And that's ended up in the death of a lot of people. Not only by some of the products that uh, kill everything off before they put the seeds in the ground. You know, um, like Roundup. But Also, with the food itself. They claimed that the food prices would go down with this genetically modified food. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Food is as expensive as it's ever been. Not to mention the fact that now you have to try to find organic food if you want to be healthy. And even organic is not 100% organic because it can say organic, but if they leave up to 5%, From what I understand, the USDA organic label is featured. So that means that there's uh, different categories. There's made with organic ingredients, which means up to 70% of the ingredients are organic. There's uh, USDA organic. Uh, there's, There's all kinds of creative workarounds where these big food companies can can basically say what they want, change the verbiage, and it's sold as fairly healthy. For example, monosodium glutamate can now be labeled as quote-unquote spices. And that's where I think being, a you know, the big conspiracy is over. Because that's just lying. That, that's not an inconvenient truth. That's a lie. It's just a fact that if you say that, it's a lie. Monosodium glutamate is an ingredient that many people would want to avoid, yet they can list it as quote-unquote spices. And Big Pharma and Big Food both pursue these marketing strategies because it's not about what it is. It's about what it is right now. Because next month, they can redirect their marketing in a way that is just deceitful and will trick people into Buying on to their obvious manipulations. It's about making money. It's about making profit. And when you deal with people who are all about the money, all about the profit, and invest in things that may have dirty undertones or slimy underbellies, you got to worry because these are low-frequency investors. They usually make the most money too. And keep in mind that You know, you don't get to the top of the heap unless you step on a few of your fellows. So that becomes a key element for me. And the theory of existence that Darwin had, many people rip on Darwin, but I think survival of the fittest is reality. And there's a reason why over time, take the case of Russia, the Russian oligarchs get overthrown. There's a reason why. In 1776, the Redcoats had to float back home. Eventually, people get tired when they see those who govern them emitting a negative energy, which affects their families, their pocketbooks, and their livelihood. So is transhumanism a good thing? I won't argue that in certain cases... There may be potentially um, a silver lining to some of these things, but as an independent function, I don't think it's a good thing at all. Not at all. Technology has done nothing but damage us. The Wi-Fi routers in our homes, the positions we sit at in front of the computer all day to make a buck. Everybody wants to work remote with a laptop on their lap as it literally radiates their genitalia and then fertility goes down. This is um, the philosophy called transhumanism, and it's a narrative that eventually we will have Neuralink installed in our brains, and let's not get off the topic of Elon Musk. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, wants us all to go to Mars. He said, you know, why, if we have to die in this day and age, why not die on Mars, This guy wants us all to go to Mars, live on Mars, live like Morlocks underground, contained in a state of constant lockdown where we give up everything and uh, we work towards sustainability by scientific means. And, you know, it's difficult to get on his side because... Everything I've seen about Elon Musk points to a PSYOP. You know, did he really shoot a Tesla sports car into space with a fake astronaut dummy at the wheel? It looked pretty fake to me. Of course, as he says, that's how you can tell it's real. It looks so fake. That's how you can tell it's real. And that's the problem when you're dealing with these masters of marketing and manipulation like taking candy from a baby. They know what to say. They know when to say it. You'll find them in the boardrooms marketing and getting that money that was left over. And unfortunately, the superclass, the power elite, and those who are taking the most are everywhere. And many have called them different things. But many of them Are right on board with the transhumanist agenda. If we're all reliant on our Neuralink and we are tethered to machines, we are easier to govern, easier to track. And if you are one of those in charge of uh, these circles, if you're one of these masters of governance and economical manipulation of the masses. That's exactly how you want the chattel to be you want you you want your cattle, your chattel, your slaves to be tagged, tracked, and hopefully easy to market to, you know, it's pretty easy to uh, track a cow when it's got an ear tag in it or a brand on its hip. And nanotechnology will allow for some of this transhumanism to remake the Earth into what some transhumanists call a terrestrial paradise, where we will migrate to space with Elon Musk and terraform other planets. Our powers, in short, would be limitless, according to them. However, I argue the fact that our powers are limitless now. You don't have to take me anywhere. I don't have to live underground on another planet like a Morlock in a state of constant imprisonment to feel free. Not to mention the fact that also leading to the reality that Elon may be a psychological operation and asset in one, Dr. Werner von Braun predicted that a man called Elon would lead a 10-man government on Mars. If that doesn't scream PSYOP, I don't know what does. Von Braun's book was highly technical in nature and provided the engineering basis for establishing a quote-unquote enormous scientific expedition that involved 10 spacecraft with 70 crew members and that would return after spending 443 days on Mars before the trip back to Earth. Keep in mind that Elon Musk is targeting a Mars cargo mission in 2022 and a manned flight to the Red Planet by 2024. Interesting. Well, that could be easy to do when you have SpaceX's powerful Raptor engines. And it also could be easy to do when you don't really go. Psychological operations usually occur in space, all right, but it's the space between your ears. They say what you believe you can achieve, but I'll go one step further and say what you believe they can achieve. And don't believe the hype. There's a lot of these things that may be part of a conspiracy And I like to explore the links because there is many parts of perspective and offensive topics that I bring up that bring me to conclusions they may not have our best interest in mind. Oh, and hey, really quick, if you haven't been to Heroparanormal.com, please check it out. You can access all of the content behind the paywall for the price of a boutique cup of coffee a month you get it all the whole enchilada there's a lot of it also be sure and head on over to youtube subscribe like and share hero paranormal it's the only way that i can break through the algorithm of control it's likely i will never be monetized on youtube for a variety of reasons more than i can mention but when you like share and subscribe to the podcast on youtube That at least lets it get to other people, spreads the word, and helps break through that algorithm. Until next time, keep your eyes to the skies, feet on the ground, but don't forget to take a look around. Blast off in my time machine. Third, I feel like an evising. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Come, blast off in my time machine. Third, I feel like an evising. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off.